Welcome to the flats, lads. Nice to be here. Yeah. Welcome, Coops. Thanks for having us, man. Do you want to welcome me too? Yeah, welcome. Yeah, to thank, <laughs> thank you. How are you? Yeah, thanks for popping in. I know you guys weren't meant to be here today, I believe. Yeah, so. today was actually scheduled to be the first show of our tour, True. which we've kind of semi-forgotten about. We're semi-postponed. Not semi, we have postponed it. We're not in Sydney playing tonight, but tonight was the first show of our tour. Boo earns. <laughs> <laughs> I had my first run through today. It was almost like playing a show. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even do that. So you like practice pretended you're on stage. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a rock out. Because you're out of practice you need that. That's oh, I'm out of practice with the song. I've been playing plenty of guitar, just not of the set. That's so. why the door was closed. <laughs> That's why the door was closed. <laughs> Rocking no out. Can... <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. No. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. But alas, we are here still in Canberra. Yeah. Safe. And uh, not recording any jingles <laughs> by the sound of it. Currently not recording any jingles. We've just been talking about jingles, just listening to the great little uh, theme song for the Mustard Flats. and It was very good. Yeah, it was very good. It we did were, come we're, alive in that intro too. We were very pumped on that. So we're like, oh, we should. Shout out to Jimmy Pike for the beats. Mm. Yeah, shout out to Jimmy Pike. Um, yeah, we were like, well, some jingles would be fun because it's, yeah, we we're saying it's one section where it's a lot easier than three or four sections <laughs> of a song. Yeah. Just write one section. It's the first thing that happens when you write a song and then you're done. Yeah. Assuming it's catchy. But still, jingly. still here we are, never having written <laughs> yeah, a jingle. Written a jingle. <laughs> no jingle success yeah. ever. <laughs> but maybe 2021 is a, maybe yeah. 2020 a year that jingles come into our life. Yeah. Whether that's writing them or listening <laughs> to them. <laughs> Probably the latter, but that's cool too. Yeah. And so it's, I've, Doing a bit of research for this is, you'd think it'd be a quiet year for a band, a stadium touring band, touring around the world. But in fact, you guys have been quite busy doing a fair bit of stuff. What's, what was 2020 like for you guys? <laughs> yeah, look, I think we, I guess we did get pretty lucky in, in a sense that we had, I think I looked at it the other day, we had around 70 shows tentatively booked for last year and we did two. <laughs> did two shows and two live streams so 70 down to four um but yeah i guess on the other side of things we were relatively fortunate that we recorded an ep you know back end of 2019 um so we kind of had a year to roll out this ep and yeah through that we we're able to do a like a version we we're able to get a bit of um success with some sports which was which was nice um having some theme songs for the finals and what else happened coops uh, that's about it coops wasn't paying attention <laughs> no, I was paying coops attention. was actually in quarantine and <laughs> stuck yeah. in america for most of the year yeah, so i got back in august but i got i got back in time for the footy stuff which was probably the best of the year mm. i feel yeah here we yeah, are some nice. fox footy how, how did this like all come about? Because this is um, huge. Yeah, we had a bit of a, I guess just as some of the songs started coming out, we had um, our brilliant manager kind of do a bit of negotiating and kind of came back to us and was like, hey, I might have an opportunity to do some, um, to do a theme song for the finals. And originally it was going to be for NRL. 
And so we kind of have, obviously we're all pretty excited about it. None of us were huge NRL fans apart from our, our big rig drummer, Parky. He's a, he's a big, big Raiders. I mean, we're all Pe- Raiders Pe- fans. Pegs is pretty into yeah. Newcastle Knights. Yeah. So it was a big, you know, we were very excited about it. And as it started no, coming. Broncos, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Newcastle. Uh, yeah. As 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 it started coming together, we were, you know, there was obviously a lot of travel restrictions and different ways in which we were where we were able to go and do it. But kind of as it all came together, we were offered the AFL song as well. So we actually ended up shooting both of them on the same day um, in Newcastle at the McDonald Jones Stadium, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was actually quite fun because it was almost like a gig for us. Like mm. it was kind of, you know, we got in the van. We didn't get in the van. It sounds cooler. But we, <laughs> we got in our cars and drove to Newcastle and, yeah, filmed both of these shoots. And, yeah, the AFL one was outside with a lot of lights and had our lighting guy Phil Goodwin come up with us, which was which was a lot of fun. And then kind of got to hang around with a couple of footy players who didn't really know who we were or didn't really <laughs> care. But we gave them a few head nods and a few rock horns yeah, and they were like – what are you guys all doing here? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I think there were some footy legends and heroes and I think my dad was pretty excited about it. He's a big West Tigers fan, so notch that up as a win. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And and also we got the um the Hands Like Houses jersey released. Mm. The, yeah. The, the throwback Raiders jersey. The throwback Raiders jersey. It was you know, we, we all got a bit into it. We were we didn't have a whole lot going on through the year, as you can imagine. And I guess as soon as these kind of sports codes came up, we kind of committed ourselves to being full full sports dudes. <laughs> so uh, we thought, let's make a sports jersey. And we couldn't go any further than the beloved Canberra Raiders. So we looked back to, I think it was one of the years they won, 80, 89, also a year a lot of us were born. Uh, and yeah, got a, got a jersey recreated. So... We haven't been hit up yet for copyright issues, so <laughs> yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for the Raiders for it, yeah. Yeah, thanks for the Raiders for letting that one video slip. Easy if done. Yeah, <laughs> video, <laughs> video easy ain't coming after us. <laughs> so yeah, that was a good win. It's nice to have a sports jersey. Um, I think a few people have got around them. Um, a few people think that they're Raiders jerseys, so I think it kind of works. So we sold out. We sold out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can maybe get we've got heaps now. We'll get the next one with the with the Canberra Milk theme song, mm. Canberra Milk jersey coming out. Canberra Milk Kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So has it been good spending time back in Canberra? Uh, a bit more? Yeah. Perhaps than normal? It's um I guess this this whole year's been very different for me, I guess, from my experience in Canberra, you know, for I guess for the last, you know, five, six years, Coops has been living over in the States. Um, we'd kind of been doing so much touring that we never really had a whole lot of time here in Canberra. So this year has been very different, you know, moving into a house. Both of us are living in a house kind of in the, like inner north. And I guess we never really explored this whole world of living in the inner north and taking advantage of going up the mountain and going around the lake and using bikes and not really needing to use cars. And I think it's just meant that we've been able to kind of settle into a pretty comfy life in Canberra that's like a lot easier than being in the suburbs and mm. I guess I didn't really have that before this year so I really enjoyed it and it's yeah it's hard to think of you know as much as I love Charmwood <laughs> it's hard to think of going back down to Charmwood so it is a different life yeah in this part of Canberra yeah than Charney so I let, we grew up around the corner from each other I, I was in Flynn and uh 
yeah, coming into the inner north has been a, a quite the the shift in perspective change on Canberra. Yeah, in a positive yeah. way. Yeah, and living together too, <coughs> like is that new? Yeah. Oh, I mean, is it, we've the, lived is together. it the whole band or the? Yeah. No, just two of us and our respective partners, and yeah, a couple of other housemates. Um, I guess it. Yeah, it's kind of new, but it's also. I think we've, you know, every time we're on tour for two months, we're kind of living. Yeah. We're just in a bit of a smaller space. We've like, lived, this is a little bit bigger. For like 20 years almost, pretty much, just with gaps in between. Yeah. But now it, it, it is nice, though. It's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> we play games together. It's fun. I sit I around and Coops, Coops plays chess, and I sit there and call him a nerd. <laughs> Go, That's uh, pretty much every day. I'm not smart enough to play chess. <laughs> and is there much music getting made in that house? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of music getting made in the house. Like, I think it's nice that we have a, a setup um, that we can make music whenever we want. Um, I don't know if I can say how much actual Hands Like House's music has been made <laughs> in the house, but a lot of music is getting made regardless, which I think is just nice to have regardless of what we're making. It's just, it's good to be playing and writing music and, and have the space, you know, permanently available. Yeah, and and also now you've sort of tapped into the... the, the Canberra artists around and I know, I know you did that retreat, mm. uh, the songwriting thing. Has that been cool too, to tap into that local sort of scene? Yeah. Well, I think that's been a lot of fun for me since I've, I guess since I was here in Canberra, you know, a lot and knew that I was going to be here a lot. It was kind of a chance to meet a lot of new artists in Canberra and kind of hang out with a lot of artists. And it's been, yeah, it's been super fun just I guess broadening that spectrum of I guess something that I'd never really been here for like I was always kind of aware of a lot of different artists around Canberra but being here kind of you know permanently for now it's been it's been really nice to just kind of meet a bunch of those artists and hang with those artists and get some inspiration from them and find out where they're going and and what they're up to and now we're kind of yeah, at the stage where we're making music with some of them and just you know recently started doing some some running with some artists which has been very nice <laughs> yeah making the uh, most of that in the north yeah location. yeah because that's the thing is there is still a lot of people that are just around this inner north area which makes it so much easier for people to kind of drop in and drop out and kind of you know come around at the drop of a hat which is which is super nice yeah and and the music act stuff comes into that too i guess you you've been brought on board for for the programming side of things. yeah that's been a it, it's definitely been a bit of a blessing for me being able to come back and I guess through that, I guess work a lot with Music ACT who I didn't know a whole lot about before I kind of, you know, jumped on board. But that's kind of a, opened up a lot of doors for just, you know, touching base with a lot of artists here and figuring out kind of what people are doing and trying to help out where possible and also just kind of hanging out where possible as well. So it's been, it's been super cool, I guess, you know, learning more about you know, the overarching themes of what Music ACT wants to do and how they're trying to help artists and how they're trying to help, I guess, the Canberra music scene as a whole with, you know, with sound regulations and kind of more spot for music venues and a lot of things around town. It's, I guess, it's it's made it nice to be in Canberra but then also feel like kind of just slowly starting to touch base with a lot of people that I just haven't done kind of much over the last, you know, eight, nine years that we've been touring because we just never here long enough mm. to kind of establish that mm. so yeah it's been it's been super nice it's been very enjoyable yeah and and Coops, you're normally overseas is uh, that right yeah i've been back and forth over 
I guess the last five to ten years almost now. But I met my now wife six, seven years ago in the States and we've kind of been mostly based over there and then got back in August of this last year. As you can tell by the, the deep accent that's <laughs> stuck in <laughs> How do y'all? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got out just in time by the sound of it too. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was a process. It was, it's a long, boring story, but we started the process in sort of January, February to get back and got back in August. So it was mm. uh, was, was it right that you um, missed out or nearly missed out on the, the video shoot? Uh, <laughs> no, he, he, he definitely missed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, was, I was not here for it, but... You, you got a little sneak peek in there? Yeah, got, got a mate in uh, <laughs> Texas to come over and shoot. and It took hours and hours, and I think I'm in the clip for about two, maybe three seconds. Yeah, so look, it was we, really worth the hours. Of we, we tried really hard here, and I think the problem was that we were really lucky with this film clip. We worked with some some very old friends of ours from Canberra, um, Daybreak Films, and we had Rhys Graham and Jensen Cope come down and shoot this with us. And we found this really beautiful location in Queanbeyan to shoot this video. And, you know, they've turned up with, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 cameras <laughs> and really high-tech gear and all this amazing footage. And then we've kind of asked Coop <laughs> to just get a bit of footage through a window over in America. And we're like, how's this one going to work out? And... We're trying to figure out how to obviously tie it together and I think they had a bit of a harder time with it than obviously we did because we just sat there and they filmed us and it looked it looked super schmick. But, you know, not saying Coops's footage doesn't look good. I but thought the footage looked great. <laughs> it, just, it was just a bit behind where we were at. Yeah. So um, It was hard to orchestrate. You know, it was Texas, it was COVID, it was... Everything's, everything was happening over there at that time. Yeah, but at least he, he still got it in. Like Dude, there was a, there was a moment there where we, the there was a moment there where we didn't think he was he was going to make it into the film clip. So it's definitely a pretty good sign that he <laughs> he got in there. I can't wait to see it because it's, <laughs> it's yeah we're, we're just holding off. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's he's coming up very soon. It's just good that we kind of all look alike. So I kind of yeah we to we toyed with the idea for quite a while of like oh let's just get someone else to do like a stunt double thing. We'll just bring someone that kind of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we have done before, like numerous times for shows and even some videos. But at the end of the day, we <laughs> ended up the stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oi, there, there he is. is. Yeah, we even had the so we even had the overlay of the hotel that we had in Canberra. Of the yeah, so that you know, was done post. Yeah, the, the motel. Yeah, it was done in the house that I was quarantining at that with some cool. dear friends. Yeah, you could not tell. Oh, is it? And you got the neon sign in there too. Yeah, the overlay of the neon sign just tied tied it all in like it's Yeah, what a what a good win for us, <laughs> I think. Yeah, pulling a film clock pulling a film clip film, off with film clock. Film clop <laughs> off. <laughs> in a, yeah, it it was really nice. Sensory to, are amazing. Yeah, it, I think for this video especially it was really nice for us to you know, work with people that were not only friends, but people that we really liked, you know, their cinematography and the way that they kind of made their videos. And I think it was quite a different like style of video to what we've ever done before, which was, I think, what we all really enjoyed about it. It didn't have the same kind of feel to most of our videos. So, hey, oh, there he is yeah, on the TV. Get, get past that. Push, <laughs> push put him on, put him on, on a, a put him TV, on the TV yeah. and put Good. some filters over Very it. Very well done. Smart. Uh, and filming in Queanbeyan too. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so we went through this this process. We, you know, the the concept we were trying to find, you know, the hotel to fit in with the story, the storyline. And we had about two or three different places. And 
uh, Jensen and Reese are actually living in Melbourne. And so they'd said, you know, we've got a couple of options. And I, the first option we had was this, uh, the hotel, it's in Lynham across from that big mm. uh, field. It's a classic oh, yeah. one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so yeah. they, they called, yeah, they called up. I've heard that they're notorious for... They're not keen no, at not all. Keen. And, yeah. and it's a funny thing because I, I don't know, I had this this weird kind of confidence where because they told me they were like, look, they just don't want to do it. And I was like, you know what, just let me go in. <laughs> and so I drove over there and I pulled up and I was like, you know, can I can I talk to the manager? Super polite. And I started explaining. And, and as soon as I was like, look, would like to shoot a video here. I think before I even finished the sentence, like this old lady looked at me and she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and I was like, well, I haven't, I haven't finished yet. And then I, I started trying to tease it out. And after a while she was like, look, we had artists come in one day and they trashed the whole, the whole hotel. So we're just not going to do that again. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but look, we're not going to do that. <laughs> like we're not 18 year old kids trying to get drunk in your car park. Like we just want to shoot a nice looking video and we'd love to use TV your hotel. Like this, this works, park. this works for you too, you know? And she was like, look, my stepdad owns this and he's not going to accept it. And I was like, well, can I talk to him? And then she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, good on you for pushing it. And though. yeah, I tried. Okay, and then right, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Have a good day. I'm <laughs> out of here. Start um, her own but yeah, we ended up stumbling up across. Um, now I've, I've blanked on the name of the hotel we used, but it was really beautiful. Olympia, in Queen, I think. the Olympia Hotel in Queenie, and that was it. It was actually, um, yeah, it was really beautiful. It was nice getting out of you know, bit of interstate travel to shoot a music video. Kind of yeah. was another exciting factor of the year because we couldn't tour. We we're like, oh, we're going interstate, boys. Boys, the boys are back. <laughs> couple of days of shooting music videos yeah it's great did you actually stay the, the night that's the question. uh none of us actually stayed they they stayed in the rooms but everyone uh, got to the end and and like, yeah reese and jensen, jensen stayed in the rooms we got to the end and we were like yeah well yeah, we're just gonna go <laughs> home. May, may we'll, 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 we'll just go home it's about 10 15 minutes from here so <laughs> we didn't stay there we didn't we didn't take advantage of the hotel we didn't trash the hotel but should have should have <laughs> I trashed their house. I was doing it in. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was rock and roll. Trash. You can trash your own house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now another video I want to talk about is um, one that it's going to sound weird, but semi inspired me, and I thought, damn, like these type these videos getting made in Canberra um, are stepping up, and it was the. Uh, the classic. <laughs> it's good. This is a good this clip. This is such a good clip. 7th of February, clip. 2008 release oh, date. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so this. Shout out know, to Brad. Yeah, um, shout out to Brad James. Legend. What's up? Um, at this stage, we had only, I guess, three of our current members. This was, I guess, the... The band previous to, I guess, what Hands Like House has turned into, but um, we had Maddie P, Coops, and I in this, and uh, I think we were, we, yeah, we got to this Jamal point. Was in hand, yeah, we got to this point where we had um, we'd gone up to Sydney, we'd saved all our money, and we'd gone up to you know the coolest studio in Sydney to record, and we had these cool synth lines, and we were like, <laughs> we've really done it here, like the best <laughs> recording we'd ever had, and I think we were quite lucky at the time that Coops's brother was, I don't know if he was in college or at uni, but maybe was doing CIT maybe a CIT or, yeah. or doing some kind of video course. And they had access to make some videos at UC. 
and they were like, hey, we kind of want to do this. And at the time we were like, this is great. And we were, at the time we were actually at Copen College. And so we took all our instruments into the art room at Copen College and we painted them all white. And pa- I think we painted a keyboard white. Yeah. Sacri- and um, sacrificial we full yeah. we full <laughs> went for oh, it yeah. we full went for it and put, put this thing in to get that's some i've seen movies with worse cgi than that yeah and you know Hollywood we, movies. It, it turned out great like oh, yeah. shout out to <laughs> shout out to I, josh I and like, chris movie, like, <laughs> this is like we were wondering that too like <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had him, he was, Brad was chained up at the end of the yeah. video and we were, yeah, we pulled a head out like set design and the, you know, it's almost the, like, <laughs> like that. how do you do that? That's just a floating <laughs> head singing like 2008. You couldn't yeah. do that back then, you, you know, like no phones around then. Like, and it's you know, a few yeah. years after the internet. This is like, this is quite inspiring actually. I'm thinking <laughs> oh, yeah. we should maybe go and recreate, we up. could recreate this video for our yeah. next song. Um, oh, totally. Taking his body, his body was just cut into pieces, how, just sitting in the sitting on the shelves, and we've just started putting him back together. It's next, oh. the next bit with their body, the torso to the yeah. head connection is there. Just connecting the, the body pieces. Shot. Oh, how <laughs> yeah, good's good. that? Good. So, how what was this, this <laughs> sort of time really? like in setting up what? hands like yeah this ended up becoming i mean we were in grade 12 in this yeah, yeah i think this th- this was i guess a time for us where we'd hit grade 12 and i think we'd just figured out that <laughs> if we went and recorded music with someone that knew what they were doing <laughs> it'd sound a lot better than if we just well, went we to like doing. a friend or we were trying to do something ourselves so i guess that was a bit of a breakthrough and going oh this is kind of what we're capable of um which I think led to playing oh. more. Oh, how about <laughs> oh, that? Amazing. Like spot on. Um, which I guess led to us starting to play more shows. Um, but then also I think in turn led to us wanting to record more music and exploring how we could record more music. And I, I think that's where the place that we recorded this this song and I think we did another song at the time that I don't actually know if we released, but... Um, we kind of went from that to looking to see if we could do a full EP there, but we didn't actually, we, well, we explored a few options overseas and it was actually cheaper for us to go and record the same six songs overseas in Orlando than it was for us to go to this studio to in Sydney it, and do it. Fly. And that All was six of us. Six people flying, record. staying and recording. Really? Six yeah. weeks. Really? And then fly back. Then it was to go just to Sydney to record the same really? six songs. And at a time when it was just like, I mean, like studios in America were ubiquitous, but here they were like, you know, a few scattered around and they charged top dollar type of thing. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, you never, there's never like a point in, I think a band's career that's really, really pivotal. But that probably was like such a massive point for us. Like, I don't think if we, if we recorded that same six songs in Sydney, I think there would have been a very different outcome. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just because we were like, we can go to America and record this with this producer that we liked that, just that's kind of the the moment where all the doors started opening and we got approached by some management and they helped us get some you know get some label support and that kind of started this whole process of what this was and I think if it if we didn't go overseas at that time I like it would have been a very different path it would have been a very different story if we hadn't left the country and Mm. I know it meant that we kind of ended up essentially relocating to America for a long time but that's it's probably the only reason that we were able to start and build such a kind of big and long career, mm. I believe. Yeah. Mm. So the, because a lot of people would, I know, well, I don't know, but did people assume you were a US band? 
There was a fair bit of that when we first first started coming back to America because you know because we went over to America, we recorded our music over there, but then we started touring over there. So you know we were doing three or four tours a year in America before we could even do a proper tour here in Australia. So mm. I think we spent you know probably the better part of two years doing three or four tours a year before we even came back and tried to even do a proper tour here. That so was, yeah, that was piggybacking on other bands' tours. Like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we, yeah, right? I don't think we did a headline for a while. It was no, just in between so shows, between tours. Yeah, but. We, we, our record label at the time brought us over for our first tour and it was a, it was, they called it the Freshman Class Tour or something and it was four of their new signing bands, all of whom had virtually no fans uh, and we were the first band out of the four and that was our first tour over in America and we had, yeah, we're playing to, I don't know, I'm going to say an average of eight to ten people <laughs> a night. And uh, yeah, I still remember that th- Roswell show, <laughs> free show, a free a show in Roswell and one person came up, came to the show. And, <laughs> and I think it was about a, a thousand cap of like <laughs> theatre. Like it was, hu- it was huge. Like we were like, this is the sickest venue and it's a free show. And yet one dude came. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, those are the times that I think things were so different for us in in the touring sense because all we were doing is like for us that was it. We'd made it. You know, we were in America. We we're touring. We we're sleeping in Walmart car parks every night. We were living off two dollars a day and <laughs> eating peanut butter wraps more often than not. <laughs> Uncooked pasta sandwich. Uncooked bags. pasta. <laughs> 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 it was a time. It was a time. And I went for about four or five years. And then about four or five years ago, everything sort of started to change a bit in terms of... I mean, actually, those that tour only lasted... That, those sort of tours only lasted two, maybe three years. Mm. And then we got pretty lucky being the Aussie band that was over there in this in the mm. the realm of music we were wow. in. So landed landed some really nice sort of support tours and... So yeah, piggybacked a lot off that. Yeah, I think we were kind of lucky in some of these early days where I think because like we thought we had done it, we were just so pumped every night to play. Even if there was one dude there watching us, we were like, it doesn't matter. We're playing in <laughs> Roswell or we're playing in, you know, the middle of Arizona somewhere. And I think because we were so stoked, like we were also happy to talk to other bands and anyone that was at the show. And I think through through those first, you know, early tours, would randomly end up meeting other bands and they would just be like, oh, those guys were fun. Like, we'll take them on tour. And I think it was, it kind of created this effect where we had just, we were having so much fun with all the bands that we were with that I think we got a few of those early tours because people just enjoyed hanging out with these weird, crazy Australians that were just having fun playing music. And I think that helped us start building our own fan base and kind of, I guess, kickstarted our career over there, which then translated back here eventually. Yeah. And what do you, yeah, not to jump forward too far, but what, what do you think it was that was lacking in Australia at the time for those new bands? Population. I mean, like, yeah. In, in comparison to America, it, like, you know, you got cities there that have basically our country's population in it. Um, and that was, so we, we were on already on that train. So we were like, we've got to take this for as long as mm-hmm. it goes for. Mm. And then over here, it was through that success that, you know, the perspective of the 
the rock scene people here that listen to this sort of music saw us and then saw that success and then started coming to our shows and we eventually came back. Yeah, and I think a, another part of that was that, you know, not that there is a different, like, understanding of it in Australia, but, you know, we literally for nine months a year, for two to three years straight, we were just hustling and touring and touring relentlessly and, you know, playing to, like I said, to eight people, to 100 people, to building up and building up is like, I think we just spent a lot of, like, hard work and time building something in America and, I guess I think in Australia there's sometimes the difference of opinion of having a song that just can, you know, blow you up and you're ready to go on tour and, and kind of be successful. Mm. But there is still like a big element of it is that you have to build up a live show, you have to build up a following through that live show that people want to come and watch you. So um, I think we kind of, at the time, we weren't like deliberately being like, this is how we're going to do it. We were just like, we take took every opportunity we got <laughs> if we got if we got any off any offer we're like yeah we'll do that yeah we'll do that and kind of in the in-betweens we were sleeping in a van and living in a van in a car park kind of outside our management's office and that's how we got it done <laughs> yeah. yeah crazy <laughs> and so was it just like uh you were planning to go record this small album and it just kept continuing on like oh we'll stay a bit longer we'll stay a bit longer Oh, no, we, we came back and went, we, when we initially did that first EP, we did an EP and then came back home and then the EP got handed off to a couple of labels and they were like, this is mad and did the classic label thing where they said, oh, you should make it into an album off right. your dime. And we were like, oh, okay. So we came back and worked for worked a year. For year. We were kind of <laughs> like still at uni working, worked at the the, the another version of that, so another five or six songs, and then flew back over there again. It was still cheaper than recording anywhere over here. We went back to the same producer, um, put it all together, and then that. So it took like a, two years to do that first thing, uh, and then that's when we sort of got signed to the fir our first record contract, and uh, and it just yeah, that's how Stuff, it sort yeah. of started from that, uh, and then they you know they offered to buy the album off us and then we signed it for not very much yeah for not very much and then we signed a really bad deal we were young, <laughs> we were young and uh excited and you know yeah. still wouldn't change a thing i, th I well, think maybe a few I, I don't know if this played a part played a part in it but when we'd first finished the album like we'd been kind of advised to do our management was like we've got this offer from this label and i think at the time i can't even remember who the label was but we were really excited about it. And I think for three or four months, they were like, yeah, we've nearly got everything ready. We've nearly got everything ready. And we went three or four months in. And then one day they turned around and they were like, yeah, they don't want to do it. Yeah. And we were like, ah, oh, shit, we thought we had it. And I think maybe like a month later, they were like, oh, we just got an offer from this label. And I think we were all just really excited. That was actual an offer. Like it was like 56 pages and we looked at it and no one had any idea what we were doing. And we were sign like, it. let's all go to someone's house and we'll sign it. And we went there and signed it. And then, drank yeah, beers and it was good. drank heaps of beers. And then I think we got two or three years in and we were like, that's fuck, stupid. like that's a really bad deal. And then we started looking at it and we were like, wow, we got fucked over pretty hard here. Like, but it was yeah, everyone. It wasn't yeah, just and, us. And it, it, it wasn't was like, like we weren't the ones that just got chucked it under the bus. It sounds like it's such a common story. Yeah. Yeah. And every, I, so many art industries. Like, yeah. From and, you know, the, the, the record labels, I guess, at that point in time as well, had a very specific monopoly in 
you know, they had the opportunity to break a band. The bands didn't really have the opportunity to break themselves. So it was kind of the record labels could go, all right, we'll give you virtually 0%. We'll pay you a small amount of money to recoup the cost of you making that album. And if it goes well for them, they do really well. If it doesn't go well, they go, all right, we lost five grand or 10 grand and they just chuck it to the side and move on to the next band. And it's kind of just rinse and repeat through, you know, filtering out all the stuff that takes off and stuff that doesn't take off. So, so yeah, it's so funny that what you said about the the label not having to make the band because mm. there was such like prestige to certain labels yeah. or whatever. And yeah, now, these labels just had these followers. I don't think anyone looks at who a band signed no, to these days like at it's, all. It's, it's very different now. Like it's, it's not, it's definitely not how it works. But yeah, back then, and, and you know, like we can sit here and be like, fuck, we signed a shittest deal. But if we didn't sign that deal, we probably mm. wouldn't have got to where we definitely. got to. So it's like we, we can eat, yeah, we can look back and be like, well, it sucks because we, with that record label, we did sell a lot of albums and made that record label a lot of money. But at the same point, they gave us the opportunity that started our whole career. So we're still thankful, but <laughs> still don't love that we signed a <laughs> shit house deal. <laughs> yeah. And then how did it go to doing those eight person shows to walk Six tours? person shows. Yes. <laughs> it felt like eight. Yeah. And, you know, huge, like this. Like, yeah. It's pretty sick. I think, yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think this was like, you know, it's funny looking back at, at some of this because this was very much like, you know, the Warp Tour was very much a catalyst for what, for us starting playing music. You know, when we were, when we were in high school, we were sitting there watching DVDs of the Vans Warp Tour and all our favorite yeah. bands were on the Warp Tour and everything that we loved was like, that warp to a world so i still like clearly remember the day that we were actually on tour in america and we were in our little kind of shitty bus that we built out and we got a message from our managers saying hey you've got an offer to play vans warp tour and we just fucking <laughs> lost it <laughs> and we were just like we cannot believe this and you know we yeah we were so like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah it was such was a funny. i think it was such a big moment for us that you know, we didn't even know, like, we had obviously pretty low expectations of even just playing music, but being over there and all of a sudden getting an opportunity to go play what was, you know, our favourite tour, which had a lot of our favourite bands play it. It was it was pretty magical. And, you know, I we were lucky enough to do this, the Vans Warped Tour, three times. And I, I still look back on those three times as probably my three favourite summers of all time, mm, yeah. just because of the, like, the nature of this festival is just... It's like unheard of. Like I don't think there's anything like this in the world. You know, you're you're essentially traveling around the entire United States playing 42 shows in about 47 days, and every day you're in a car park that looks exactly the same. Like you're you're usually in like a car park of a big football team stadium or something, and all the stages are truck stages, all the tents that are set up or all the merch tents look the same. Like everything has this same feel, but you wake up every day and you're in a different city, but, you know, you didn't really need money. You didn't really need anything. You kind of just had this little pass. <laughs> and, you, you know, the rules were you had to obviously get to your show and play each day. Sometimes we would have a signing each day and then you would walk around the rest of the day. You'd go and swipe and get food for your catering and just be on the bus by the time it leaves. And that was it for two months. Like copy, paste. You, copy and paste. And it's so like... It was, you know, a, it was yeah. amazing, yeah. It's, it's so easy to be nostalgic, mm. especially now, obviously. Yeah. But 
Yeah, fuck yeah. Such a good time. It's yeah, it, it's just like it just even looking at this stuff now, it's crazy thinking back to like every single day we played for half an hour for, you know, two months in the summer in America and we were just surrounded by other musicians and other bands and all these cool people and, you know, because there is so many people like, yeah, there's the bands that we don't get along with and there's kind of the, the egotistical bands that you kind of just like don't really want to <laughs> hang out with those guys. But we, we just met so many cool people and I think because there is like so many people on this touring party, you spend all your time with the people that you like being around and you just end up having a having a great time and like it's a pretty good gig just playing for half an hour a day <laughs> and just yeah, getting on yeah. a bus and someone drives you to the next space and like... Is it like the, the cliche that you don't know where you are? You oh, never you yeah. never know where you are, 100%. yeah. Some, some of those Midwest states, man. <laughs> like, mm. No idea. City, it, like it was a very like it was a very common thing on the tour for a lot of the singers in the middle of the stage where like the fold back speaker is that faces back at the singer <laughs> it would say the name of the city <laughs> and so like because there's so many times where people would get up and be like minnesota and people would be like no, not minnesota and yeah. they'd be like fuck so so many singers would have like <laughs> the sir. name the, 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 <laughs> na- yeah, the name printed out right in front of them and i was like oh it's it is good because it, it i mean it's happened to us before but yeah you you are somewhere different every day you get in this kind of trance for two months and i mean it's we had a lot of fun <laughs> a lot of fun and i i couldn't couldn't find any footage of this but I dug deep and <laughs> found that Uh-oh. you guys had not only done the AFL and the NRL, but done the WWE. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's not too deep. Super showdown. Mm. Yeah. No, not, not too deep, but I couldn't find the footage of it. But how did that come about? Uh, That's same manager. Uh, yeah, I think it was a, another thing through our our manager that we've been working with for a few net, few years now. He um shout out to he, Ben. Yeah, he yeah uh, on your Venice. He um. <laughs> He's got some some good contacts and good friends that work, I guess, in more of that kind of commercial sync space and in some of the major labels. And it um, it's funny now. That I'm halfway through the story. I've actually just realised that uh, it, it was yeah, <laughs> it was our um, oh, it was know. actually our radio uh, like you know Spotify picture in America from our old label. So I'm gonna kind of restart this. <laughs> yeah, still shout restart out to this story. So shout out to Dennis. We'll we'll <laughs> shout out to Dennis. But um. Yeah, it was actually Josh who was working for Hopeless Records when we had signed with them and he was working as he yeah, he was our he was kind of our radio man from the label, but he did a really, really good job for us on and on when we put out that album where we got a lot of really good Spotify playlists and Apple Music playlists and we had a lot of really nice covers and the album kind of in that like streaming and digital world did really well. Um and I think it was literally one day he had been talking to the WWE because he had had some artists do stuff with them. And one morning he sent us a message at 7.30 in the morning and was like, hey, we've got an option to have the theme song for this super showdown for WWE, the biggest event in like a decade in Australia. Uh, we need an answer by 9 o'clock. And so this is 7.30 and I'm, I think a few of us were maybe awake. I probably wasn't even awake, but... I think we had, you know, an hour and a half to be like, say yes or no. Like we didn't really have much time to think about it. Everyone, Bit of a went, everyone was obviously <laughs> like, 
yeah, <laughs> we'll do it. Um, but unfortunately, we weren't actually in Australia for the event, so we none of us could go. But Dennis, our manager, did go. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great time. Um, and we and went to a different WWE event. Yeah, so we were actually on tour in America at the time, and so we kind of had this. We had an off day. It was maybe you know, a week after this had just happened. We had an off day, and we'd looked up. I don't even know how it came about, but we'd looked up stuff in that city on the day we had a day off and we saw that the wrestling was on and we were like, oh, well, we just got the theme song. <laughs> we need to get free tickets. And so we we hit up the guy at the label and was like, we need free tickets. We need to go see it. And then we turned up and we were like, this is sick. We're at the wrestling. And then I think we got halfway through and me and Coops left. <laughs> and <laughs> and we were like, that's oh, cool, but it's actually <laughs> not cool, to be honest. Like, it's actually pretty fucking lame. Um <laughs> We were still, you know, we got in it, but <laughs> um, but we got free tickets to the wrestling and we had a good time. Yeah. Didn't get mustard spilled on my shirt, <laughs> which, is, which is good. Yeah. Do, you, do you like the wrestling? No. It's, like, it's okay. No idea why it's so popular. Mm, it's one of those sort of things yeah. like, for me. Lots uh, of things like that. Yeah, though. I think we didn't actually... Like when we got the offer, everyone was excited, but we were like, "Yeah, that, that's pretty." Like ten years ago, yeah, I was then excited actually, about yeah. the numbers and the emails. But then, yeah, like, we looked it up and we were like, "Wow, this yeah, is actually I think huge. still the second yeah. biggest YouTube channel or something ever." And we were like, "Wow, that's a lot of people still watch that." But I guess ten years ago when we were young and we were like, "Oh, there's cool wrestling and cool story." Like ten, that's people that are younger than us are going up and doing the same thing. I yeah. guess so. If you're listening and you watch your wrestling, you're still nah, cool. Wrestling's <laughs> cool as. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we love, love it. Go yeah. to the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wrestling jerseys are coming next. But <laughs> oh, that's what we need. A, a leotard. Yeah, like leotard yeah, for yeah. sure. Good idea. They yeah. will sell very well for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and has that um, sort of shift from the record labels to the, uh, the online and the Spotify, have you guys enjoyed that process and kind of moving into that? space more with the like I guess it hasn't like I think it's been nice that we've been able to be in a space where we just have more eyes on us now and I think it's getting more you know starting to have some of the wrestling fans come to our shows and put their rock-ons up and bring their daughters along and you know it wasn't something that we ever intended to be like going into that space but I I think for us at this stage it's like you know, any opportunity for us to expose our music to more people is like, of course, that's what we're going to do. And I think Mm. it's hard to, you know, some people can sit there and be like, oh, like that's selling out and that's doing this. But I think... say no to some things. We don't do it all now. Yeah, look, that's true. We say no to a couple of things. Not all. We we didn't do Australia Day this year. Mm. Mm. That Mm. was a recent thing. But I mean, that came out of... It being strange, it's such a complex thing now to like mm. celebrate that, and yeah. none of us are really on board with that. But also mm. being like, oh, here's one show with like four months off, mm. get together, yeah. practice. Like Trent lives four hours away. It's just it's hard to come together for one show now. Yeah, it becomes. I guess it it is very different now to us just being on tour all the time in America and we'll just do the tours. But I think being in Australia now, like. Yeah, it is a bit harder to make just one show work if we're all in a different place or if it doesn't if it doesn't quite line up with what we want to do. But if it's like a wrestling or NRL, then we'll probably try and make it work because it's just a bit. It's just a bit of fun. The yeah. games now, they uh, 
the gaming world, I think, is a the nice one. That would, oh, yeah. 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 Next endeavor. And is there anything on the cards for that? Back oh. in the very deep background of things. As in esports. That, yeah. yeah, those sort of things. That's where we're trying to get into. Really? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're chipping away. Like By trying, e- I mean, <laughs> like we ask someone to write an email. <laughs> that's that's our cool. trying. Yeah. But, you know. So like the in-game? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just blown mm. up so massively in the last few years. And mm. uh, it's, it's kind of cool to write. It's almost like, you know, it, writing a song for a movie is sick, would be sick. But I guess a video game has its own little edge to just being a unique creative challenge to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, write a sick, dark, like vibey song for a game. Like, yeah. Yeah. you can abandon all the rules for a radio hit that you need to use because mm. you, you sort of your perspectives on a vibe and a game. Yeah. It's just cool to sort of think about and work on. Yeah. So are you working on that? Like in the back yeah, of our minds, we have slowly the, yeah. in the background, and and look, I think that's one, an awesome idea. Yeah, I th- I think one thing that did work, kind of, or maybe did open our minds a little bit in that kind of space of, we kind of got this AFL and NRL and WWE theme songs, we kind of realised like that kind of high energy rock for sports and entertainment, like we think we kind of had the sound that had just naturally worked for that. So we were like, well, I think it makes sense, and I know that we have. I don't actually know if it's announced, but we do have a, an event coming up kind of mid this year that's like a, you know, motocross and X Games and, you know, going into some of those types of worlds, like I think it kind of just suits a lot of the music that we have, that kind of high energy rock suits. It just works well. So mm. I think if if we're still in that space, it's fun for us too. Mm. That's awesome. On that sort of high energy rock did you feel, on a tangent, did you feel at all that that type of music didn't fit in to the Australian scene when you were making it back in the original days? I just don't think it had the numbers. Like, mm. there was definitely, like, small pockets of this of that sort of scene, mm. but it just didn't have Which the volume of people. Which you mentioned before, like, that the numbers over there were just another level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was, you know, the their, their fringe networks or like the the niche pockets of music over there just just because they have so much just so, so many, many more people mm. man yeah. it's just it can sustain itself uh, much more easily than we do here yeah and, and i think that's maybe part of where our kind of transition went and i don't think that it was necessarily a deliberate thing but the first album we made was in this very kind of niche genre of music that was that like Coop said, there was enough people in America that that could be its own scene and that could exist. But if you translate that back to Australia, there just wasn't enough people that knew about that kind of scene or that supported it. So it was a bit harder for us. And I guess you could fill in the you could fill up the youth the youth yeah. venues around Australia. Like yeah, the people were around because there is you know there is I think even now still a lot of influence from American music into Australia. But I think yeah, it's kind of been a bit of a journey where now we've kind of maybe broadened the spectrum of what that niche is for us, I think, from where it was on the first album. I don't know. What do you reckon, Coops? Nah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I mean, can you let me know if I, I, I feel like I keep moving in and out of this microphone. And no, no, you're good. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not no, trained in this. It's so. sounding very natural. Okay. Very natural. I, I wanted to ask you about um, the Like A Version you recently did. But first, the Torn. Mm. Mm. Uh, cover. How did still that a, come? Still yeah. a hit. That's such yeah. a 
this um and such a hit. That was so the, yeah. Wild. This this is going this is going back quite a while because this torn thing I guess started from uh, like another similar idea to what we were talking about with the Warp Tour of this thing called Punk Goes Pop or Punk Goes Nineties or Punk Goes Acoustic or whatever. There was this record label, Fearless Records, who always did these compilations. So they would ask all these bands, "Hey, can you cover this song, this song, this song?" And they would help kind of cover it. Um, and yeah, we got the opportunity, and I, I, I'm not actually even sure how we landed on Torn, but we got the opportunity to go record this song. And at the, you know, before this last EP we did, it was one of the only songs that we'd recorded in Australia since we kind of signed a record deal. So we were fortunate enough to go With back to that the same studio. studio, different guy, but same studio as the Song Safety Club. Yeah, there same studio as we had gone to in our kind of previous band. But yeah, we. <sighs> It's funny, thinking back, like I know we put a bit of time into trying to get this song right, but I think something naturally just happened in the writing of that song that just went well and like we didn't try to do too much to the cover, we didn't change it too much, but I think even still to this day it's probably one of our top five most streamed songs all Mm. the time. Like it continually gets a lot of streams and it's, you know, it's one of those harder things that like because we signed a deal where a record label paid for it, we didn't really own anything for that song, even though it was a cover. So it ended up being a really high streaming song for us, but it was kind of just this like kind of novelty thing that we ended up having that didn't really, obviously apart from recognition, and I think that's obviously the best game we got from it, but mm. they benefited a, a lot more. than every <laughs> show asking us to play it. Yeah. Which we don't. It's, car- it's carried along and we, yeah, we held on to it for a little while and we, Took it out of the set for a long time, and then we brought it back a bit. No, but we, we actually no, we played it for the uh, Triple M, right? Did we? I don't think so. We almost did. <coughs> we practiced it. I, pra- <laughs> I practiced. It. <laughs> I don't think we did. We played. Well, what did we play? Foo Fighters. No, we did Torn. Did we hundred percent did Torn. Yeah, we did Foo Fighters, and uh, oh, we did. Yeah, we did. Eat my words. <laughs> yeah, eat my. <laughs> yeah. We, so we it's still kicking. Every, every it's now, still kicking. Yeah, like once a year. What maybe. was the year it was released? Do you have it on the screen there? Uh, That's yeah, all good. It was two. I'm gonna say 2014. Ooh, we both guessed 14. I hope that's Let's right. That. Can we get a back down <laughs> fact check, please, Nick? YouTube was yes, April 2014. Uploaded. Nice. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> that's good. I'm not good good at remembering, <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's the more recent one. The more okay. recent one, Shimmer. <clears throat> I um, this has been this has also been a fun one, and I don't know if it's because, like, maybe since we've done this song, that maybe we just had a bit more, like, coverage with it or like publication with it. But I've got a message from a few kind of like friends that have never really liked the band or some older friends and being like, this is one of my favorite songs and this is so cool. And it's, yeah, it's been really nice to have that like kind of, I guess it was a bit of a left field song for us because we love this song and we really like this, but we were like, I don't know if they're like a lot of the younger generation would know it. I don't know how well some of it would translate, but a lot of my American friends had never heard the song. Yeah. And I think it was, yeah. Wait, were they English? I Fuel? think they were American were they band. Right? I think it was an American they just band. Hit big over here. I mean, I think they're a big band over there. But I think they they tweeted us after this, and they were like, "That's sick." But oh, that's you know, bad. they're probably they've had a they would have had a good <laughs> yeah, career. They're, they're probably they're some seriously old rock now. dogs <laughs> at the moment. But 
um, yeah, it was nice to be able to do like a version again. And I think we were trying to make up a bit for the last time we'd done it where <laughs> we felt like we were a little bit under rehearse and under practice and we kind of, we had a few hurdles the last time we did like a version. Trenton so was super sick. Really? Yeah. Our, sing, our singer, well, yeah, we, we kind of got the like, the, I think we did it last, I'm going to say 2017, I think, or around 2017, 2018. And we were on, I think, a, two month tour and previously to that we'd just recorded for two months in the studio and then we'd come off another tour so i think we'd had like you know six or seven months straight and then relatively last minute they were like all right you can do a like a version and so we'd flown in we're in australia for one day we tried to practice the song and then we went into the studio and trenton was really sick and he had to kind of read out some lyrics that he'd printed out because we were like we don't really like we just didn't it's just it was silly because we weren't rehearsed enough but we were trying to make up for it this time, so I'm glad people have been enjoying it. <laughs> a lot of people have not been enjoying yeah, it. Look, too. Everyone, everyone always hates it too. We've had yeah, that's yeah. the, that is, yeah. It's the problem with the social media. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. has that benefit too, but yeah. the negatives always come out. Yeah. Shimmer was good though. I liked Shimmer. Again, yeah. a lot of people hated it. I think it was there, just a nice song sick. for us yeah, to do. It was a cool song, sick. and I think Trenton sounded good in the song. and. A lot of people that knew the song were like, cool. I think the people that didn't know the song were like, you guys suck. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so fine. shout out to all you haters. <laughs> and so what's next, guys? What's uh, the, the, the tour is half kicking on. Yes. Uh, we're, 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 half, we're half on at the moment. So we had about nine or ten shows booked for January. Uh, I think now we're doing two. <laughs> These things keep happening. We're cancelling <laughs> everything. Um, we got two shows in Canberra at the end of the month. And then if nothing, I mean, if nothing changes. Uh, and then a couple of shows in Melbourne and the, the shows that we'd had to reschedule have been pushed to April. So at this stage, I mean, look, it's probably a good time to like think we actually don't really know what we're going to do next because mm. we haven't really mm. got to that. We kind of had this mm. like busy back end of the year where no one was around much and people are off kind of doing their own thing. So we haven't really got to that point where we know what we're going to do because usually it's like we have an 18-month plan and we know we're going to do this tour overseas and we're going to record a record and we're going to do this. But I think given the nature of last year, it was just so much uncertainty that we kind of have just been sitting around being like, we might play some shows, but... I mean, is that kind of refreshing? Being yeah. Able to have uh, that break? Yeah. Know, it has been very, very refreshing. I, the normal people for the first time in 10 years. It feels yeah. Great. I, I think when we played, what was it? When we did the live, the live in your lounge stream, I think it was the longest that we'd gone in our whole tour and career, our whole career as a band without playing a show. Mm. So, which is like 10 years. Yeah, we're yeah. looking at nearly 10 years and that was the biggest break that we'd ever had. But, uh, you know, this is the biggest break we've ever had in that 10 years. So it's been nice to be able to just like kind of not put it on the back burner, but kind of just like unwind a little bit from that and kind of just get a bit more stable in kind of home life and partner's life and whatever everyone else is doing kind of within their time. So what's next is hopefully get through some shows and hopefully play these shows and mm. probably record music, mm. I presume, like... Yeah, there's there's a couple of decisions that we probably need to make as a band of what everyone wants yeah. to do next and how we're, it all goes. We're, we're an independent band very soon. In, yeah, about June or July. Yeah. I believe that we're kind of off a bunch of contracts and labels, so it gets to a point where we're either 
renegotiating what we do or have a bit more freedom in kind of what what we do do next which i think is kind of part of it's going to hold a lot of that weight of what mm. we decide of where we go mm. and i think there's there's probably a lot of different ways we can go as a band but five different people who want five different things we'll <laughs> kind of see where that lands yeah. us <laughs> free agents again yeah, yeah. jingles it's exciting man loop background <laughs> yeah, jingles yeah, yeah. yeah i still want to hear that jingle you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> try and get that up but guys thank you for joining us it's been awesome having you in here and uh, i'm sure we'll get you in again one day no Thanks, worries. Uh, Thank you very much for having oh, us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the beers. No Good problem. time at the Mustard Flats. <laughs> <laughs>